Hey, everybody. Anybody else here curious about psychedelics, about going on a plant medicine journey? I used to think I wanted to do ayahuasca, but I really don't after reading about all the vomiting and stuff. Yeah, so I have settled on mushrooms or LSD. And I found somebody who I could speak to who is a reputable business owner who does this for a living, who has studied this stuff for years. Her name is Alice Smeets. Her company is A Whole New High. We had a great conversation all about what plant medicines can open up for you. And it sounds amazing. People recover from all kinds of things. Even Western medicine is studying these medicines, these psychedelics, for people with depression, PTSD, cancer, terminal diagnosis. It's a thing, people. I hope you'll listen in, and I hope you get your questions answered. I, I asked everything I could think of. But if I missed anything, just drop me an email, Gregory at Rebellious Wellness Over 50, and I'll be in touch with Alice and get it answered for you. Thanks for sharing. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness. Today, my guest, Alice Smeets, is going to talk to us about getting high, more or less. Getting high as a way of expanding our consciousness. We're going to talk about plant medicine and psychedelics and how they are really changing the world in terms of helping people get in touch with who they are, I would say, at a soul level, connected to the universe, consciousness. Alice, I'm really excited about this conversation. Thanks for being here. Me too. Hi, I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this podcast is over two years old and I've been looking for the right person to talk about this. And when I saw your company, A Brand New High, on Instagram, first of all, what I loved about is that container, A Brand New High, because it is, and I joked about, we're going to talk about getting high. It's not that, right? Tell us what what is the mission of your company with plant medicine and things? Yeah, so the, the name is A Whole New High because we were thinking about you know, there are many ways that you can get high. Right? There is the way that people did it in the 60s where they would just get high and they were dreaming about a better world, but they were not really actually creating proper changes in their own lives or I mean they were creating some changes in the world but you can get high on a very surface level you can get high to escape yourself even with psychedelics there is like if, if you don't do it in a conscious way if you don't set proper intentions you can use a psychedelic like psilocybin mushrooms or LSD to just escape your problems and escape this world and people are doing that right what we wanted to create was to use that high that you get from these psychedelics to create actual change, proper change, a real shift in your life. So this is why we called it a whole new high. And you see, you will see our logo has a tree in it with really deep roots. 
because it's not about just getting high, like flying into the universe or like going as high as a tree, but it's also about having the roots to go like to really solidify the changes in your daily life. Mm. And and how did you find yourself here? Where were you before? What what led you to plant medicine? So I used to be a photojournalist first. So in, my, in the beginning of my 20s, I was traveling around the world. I was um, taking photos. I was specialized in Haiti and spent a lot of time in Haiti. And uh, my mission was always to create change in the world. I as, was very driven by social justice i wanted to see fairness in the world i wanted to see equality um all of that was really important for me but i was noticing that as a photojournalist i was not creating the changes that i wanted to create yeah i was creating some small changes on just on a surface level but it didn't go deep enough and so i took a break and just looked at myself what happened during this break is that a friend of mine started taking psychedelics in a very conscious way. And I was never open to psychedelics because I thought that drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was being told when I was a teenager and I really believed that. And I also was scared of losing control. So when my friend came um, and told me about the conscious use of psychedelics, first I was really judging him, but he, Luckily, he kept on telling me about mm -hmm. it, all the things that he was experiencing and he did it very consciously. He went in there with an intention and then he came out and he was telling me that it was really therapeutic and how it had really helped him see things differently. And then I was like, okay, I need to try this too. <laughs> and <laughs> I tried it uh, with him. And at this time in my life, I had a depression. Um, and back then, that was more than 10 years ago, it was not very popular that people were talking about psychedelics help with depression. I had never heard about that before. Um, but I noticed that myself that when I took the psilocybin mushrooms, that I got so many insights about why I was depressed. It did not take my depression away right away the next day. It did make me feel significantly better. But it did not immediately take the depression away, which it does for some people. Um, but it really showed me the path of what do I need to do to heal my depression. And so that's what started it for me. And so I kept going on this journey. And right from the beginning, I had this feeling that I wanted to also help other people with this but first I knew I needed to heal myself. I really feel like I, I want to be in a stable place to help other people. Um, and so I went on this journey to heal myself, but while I was healing myself and I was doing lots of workshops, how to use therapeutic tools in the psychedelic ceremony, I was doing that partly for myself and then partly already to learn how to do it for others later on. And how long have you been doing this now? Um, so the company we have since 2018, we had our first retreat. We started in 2017 to prepare everything. And then the company was the re first retreat we had in 2018. And did COVID shut you down for a while? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at a company. You guys are where in the Netherlands? Yes. Yeah. I was looking at a company, maybe in the Netherlands, I don't remember, but it was truffles. You mentioned truffles on your website. And uh, 
I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. This is great. And then COVID came. And then every time I check back the website, like a year later, they're still not open. We're still not open. And now life has gotten in the way since then, but it is on my to-do list, like serious to-do list to have that experience. I've been fascinated because of the research and even mainstream hospitals here in the States, and I'm sure all over the world, have departments that are studying work with people with PTSD and depression and cancer patients with pain and or terminal diagnoses, having these great results from a variety. Some are psilocybin, LSD, MDMA. Uh, but again, that's a, that is a medical model and i'm thrilled that they're doing it and what we're talking about is facilitated um, experience with plant medicines with people like yourself who have been trained to guide people now what kind of training do you get so when i started there was not a training you could do of like how to be a psychedelic facilitator nowadays there are trainings like that but they're being held by people like me who have experience. I did regular training in trauma integration therapy, inner child work modalities. Um, then I went to classes with Dr. Stan Groff, which who is the pioneer in LSD therapy, 60s. I did a lot of studies about healing people with LSD. So I did online classes with Dr. Stan Groff. I went to a seminar with Michael Mithofer, who is the head of the MDMA trials. Then I went to Costa Rica to assist the shaman in ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, and yes, like lots of different things. I've learned about attachment styles, relationship, um, attachment theories. I might even for be forgetting something. I think you covered, I think you've given us a good range though. So when you, you talk about retreats that you have, um, tell us what a retreat might do, might not, not what it might do. What does it look like? What happens on a retreat with your guys? So we have two different kinds of retreats. We have one-on-one -on -one retreats, which of course can be individualized. They can be uh, one or two day retreats. They can be four day retreats because if it's one-on-one, -on -one, a person will come to us. We offer this in different locations. The person, the client will go into their own accommodation and we will come in like to their accommodation um, so that the client can also stay in the accommodation afterwards and we just come and go and that works really well for us and our clients then we also offer group retreats which are six-day retreats and they are in a specific retreat center in the netherlands which we hire we book several times a year um, which is two hour train drive from amsterdam or also two hours from brussels um, and here we have 12 participants we have four facilitators um, plus the hosts, we have chef, like a, a beautiful um, chef team, um, Italians who create really amazing food. So in this retreat, which is called the shift retreat, everything is catered for and it's a whole group come together for a whole week where we have a preparation day, we have two ceremonies and two integration days. Um, and I really love these retreats. I love the group element because people come as strangers and most of the time they come alone complete strangers and every time at the end of the week just people feel like a family it feels closer than a normal family because they have just opened up their um, biggest vulnerabilities in front of each other and it has just felt safe 
many people share with us that this is the safest they've ever felt in their life to be themselves. And mm -hmm. that is just a really beautiful um, to experience, to observe and to be part of and to guide people to that place. Do you find all ages of people come? All ages, yes. I think the youngest that we had at the retreat was 21 and the oldest was probably 76. And so it's great if people, like if, if these age groups even come together to the same retreat, then it's perfect. We have a lot of people who are over 35, I would say, between 35 and, and 60. But then we also have some people that are younger and some people that are well, even older than that. Is there a common theme that you find with these retreats? A lot of my audience and my friends who are in our 60s, I don't think we're saying, is this all there is necessarily? We all have a life, families, whatever. But we're curious about things that we may want to experience that weren't given to us. As you were saying, when we were younger, everybody was like, drugs are bad. And you know, maybe they were religious, but now religion doesn't seem to matter to them. So I'm just wondering, when you talk to people who are coming to attend, what what's the common theme, if there is one? I mean, the common theme is that people want to experience a shift in their life. You know, mm -hmm. the, it's called the shift retreat, and they want to experience some kind of shift. And all different kinds of people come. Some people come just because they would love to experience a spiritual experience, like have a spiritual experience. They want to learn something that is beyond themselves. So that mm. could be an intention. Some other people come because they just, they feel stuck. They feel life is meaningless somehow. So, or some people also come, they are older. They're maybe in their sixties and they're like, okay, I've lived all my life, but there must be something more to life. I want to explore more. And so they come because of that reason. And um, some people come because they say they're control freaks and they want to experience <laughs> <it's> to lose <laughs> control. <laughs> um, we do have people that come because they have a depression. Um, we have people that come um, who have high anxiety. It's also really interesting because there's so many people in the world that have high anxiety, but because it's high functional, they don't even know they have high anxiety and they come to a certain age until they realize that they have had high anxiety their whole life and now they would like to do something about it. And psilocybin therapy is, is really effective for anxiety to reduce anxiety levels. Now, does everybody get the same amount of mushroom or do you tailor it to the person's height, weight, age? I don't know. How do you do that? Uh, we tailor it. Um, it's not about the height or the age. It's more about the sensitivity level. So we ask a lot of questions to find out the sensitivity level of the person. Um, we also cater to individual needs. So some people come and they say, the first ceremony, I would like to start on a really low dose because I just want to experience what it feels like. I want to feel safe. And then the second day, I'm going to go a bit deeper, have the full dose experience on the second day. Um, so when people want that, for us, the most important thing is that they feel safe because yeah. you can really, really fully let go and surrender to the experience if you feel safe. So if that is what makes the person feel safe, then that's what we do. Um, and it's really not if you're a woman or a man, what your height or weight is. <laughs> um, some commonalities are there. So usually if they're tall and bigger men. They usually need more. Not always. How oh, interesting. Sometimes, even if you're a tall and heavy man, you might be really sensitive 
Um, mm. And then we will not give them a high dose because they're just going to blow them, blow them away. And yeah. <laughs> we had somebody who was over 70 um, and she was really small and thin and she really needed three times than, than everybody else. The way that we work is we ask about the sensitivity level to find out. Some people will not know about their sensitivity level, but it's mostly because they have a normal sensitivity level. (laughs) If somebody is hypersensitive, they will know. And if somebody is like hyposensitive, they will probably know as well. And we always offer after an hour, we go around and we check where the people are at. So if if this is not enough for them, then we we give them a boost after an hour. Then we wait another 20 minutes, half an hour, and we might give another boost so that we can bring them to the level where we work with a therapeutic dose. That's what I call it. So we want to create a space where people have lost control they mm-hmm. anymore, but they still remember who they are. If you go higher than that, then it's a spiritual dose. Um, That is possible too. We would offer that too, but not for the first time. Mm Because that can become extremely scary. You can completely forget who you are, that you have a husband or children, um, that the world even exists. It can be a really scary experience if you cannot remember the name of your own child, for example. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. So... so, um, we do offer that, but we need to know that the person feels really good and really safe in the experience on a therapeutic dose to go one step further into the spiritual dose. Yeah. Mm. I noticed on your website, you have a list of, I don't know how many plant medicines that I've never heard of. Waska, there's the one from the frog, and there's a few more, but where do all these different plant medicines get used? You talk about psilocybin, and what's the benefit? Each one has a different thing that it does explain that to me yeah so we work with satisfaction because satisfaction is legal in the netherlands and we want to do it in a legal setting also it's good to specialize as a facilitator to specialize with in one medicine because every medicine is quite different to guide so important to really get to know one substance and how to work with that substance but there are so many different psychedelics out there in the world and um Different psychedelics are good for different reasons. I would say all the psychedelics are good for mental health problems or if you feel stuck in life or if you want to have spiritual experience. But there are some psychedelics who are even better. For example, if you have a heroin addiction, ibogaine would be better than psilocybin. Um, Ayahuasca and psilocybin have similar ways of healing depression, anxiety, or PTSD. Um, Pambo, for example, which is the frog poison, is really good to cleanse the system of parasites or um, like if you have chronic illnesses, Kambo can be really helpful. But so can ayahuasca because it also has this cleansing effect. And psilocybin can also be really helpful for chronic illnesses because it reduces inflammation in the body. So they're all really good and they all have strengths or weaknesses in some areas like um, I think personally, satisfaction is a beautiful first experience because it is one of the most gentle psychedelics. Ayahuasca is a 12-hour journey where you're most likely going to vomit like a lot. <laughs> it is very hard on the system. Um, it is not necessarily a nice experience. It can be, but 
there's a high chance that it's not going to be one and it's had a side and it feels more gentle and it's still really powerful and gives a really spiritual experience as well i have tried most of them so um, <laughs> i just felt like when you know when you start with one you just want to have the different experiences too so we have clients they start with psilocybin and then they also want to try ayahuasca or, or cambo yeah it's, it's not That's unusual to try different ones and so microdosing is a thing and <clears throat> i don't know that it's legal over here but i know that you can procure micro dosing amounts of i guess it's lsd and it explain micro dosing for me yeah you can microdose any psychedelic oh you can okay mm -hmm. it's easy with lsd to microdose uh, it's also easy with mushrooms um, psilocybin mushrooms to microdose bit more difficult with ayahuasca or ibogaine but it's also possible to get a, a proper mixture of the brew and microdose it and the microdose is just to get um take a tenth of a regular dose and have the effect of a microdose is that you will not feel high from it at all you can still go about your day you can go to work you can drive so as soon as you feel high, you have taken too much, it's not a microdose anymore. <laughs> um, but what the microdose does, it activates regions in our brain that are usually not active. And so we can think differently, observe ourselves differently. It makes many people more creative. That's also why some people take it for work if they need ideas. Um, that I would say what a microdose does, it just really brings you more in touch with who you are. Mm. So sometimes people take a microdose because they want to be more creative. And then all they get is that they're super tired from it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they say, the microdose is not working. <laughs> and I'm like, when was the last time you took a break? And they're like, ages ago. And I'm like, well, see, I think the microdose is just showing you how tired you are. Like it brings you closer to you and what you need and who you are. And if you actually rest now, you will probably afterwards get the creativity and the ideas from the microdose. But it's just bringing you more in touch with your needs. Um, but most of the time, people don't get tired from a microdose. It's just like also when you have an inner critic, um, what I find is when, when I microdose, the inner critic voice is still there, but then it is a bit more distant. Mm. You see like, okay, this is the voice of my inner critic. I don't have to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it is less near, you know, like when the inner critic mm -hmm. is usually right here and you think it's your own voice, then you realize, no, it's just not my own voice. Mm. And for me, because I have done it so many times now, it's been become so normal that the voice, even though it's still there, sometimes it's always there now. And that's something I really understood and got from microdosing. So, yeah. Now, you seem like a functioning human being. I'm sure some people listening are thinking, oh my gosh, she's tried all these drugs and she's microdosing <laughs> and she's taking people on trips. So I'm going to guess that microdosing is not addictive. Um, microdosing can be addictive, but the way that I take it, for me, it was not addictive because I have decided before I started that I'm going to take a microdose for one month every four day. Um, and that I, I set an intention at the beginning of this month and every fourth day I take the microdose. Um, then you still feel the microdose on the day after. So if I take the microdose on Monday, 
on Tuesday, I'm still going to feel the effects a bit. Then on Wednesday, I'm going to have a sober day because I had two days of my brain patterns being different. Now I have a sober day, but I can still continue maybe a little bit to try to function that way. And then on Thursday, I microdose again. The cycle repeats again, and I, I do that only for one month, and then I stop. So you, you do need to have the willpower to do that. There are some people that are addicted to microdosing, um, but at the same time, if, microdosing, like if somebody is depressed and the microdosing really helps them, is the microdosing really much worse than taking an SSRI medication? And this is the same thing. When we take SSRI medications for 20, 30 years or for the rest of our life, then that's also an addiction. Mm-hmm. That's a medication. I would rather go for something more natural. And um, that is also really helpful. Not to mention that SSRIs work in only about 35% of the population. Everything I've ever read about them is that they're intended for a short period of time. Yeah. to get somebody through something. But the way we prescribe them here is you want them, you can have them, keep taking them. Yeah. And I think that if we if we microdose in combination with the therapy, like for example, we offer online therapy sessions where people microdose at home and then while they're microdosing, we're doing therapy sessions and we can go so much further because people are so much more open because of the microdose and then we can create much bigger shifts um, in them much, much quicker. And then they will not be dependent on the microdose because the shifts are actually happening in their lives. Mm. And that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. We come with an intention. So what else should we know about these plant medicines? We've pretty much covered what the experience is and the design is, I mean, the intention is to have something change in your life. And I'm just wondering, so let's just say somebody's been really troubled, they got divorced, they're not happy, they're going to turn 60, they're really not happy. Is one six-day retreat enough for them to feel like they can move forward? I think that's what it is. A lot of people get stuck in an emotion or a resentment. Mm -hmm. They want to move out of that shift, like you said. To create a shift, definitely six days are enough. But the question is, like, how deep of a shift? Like, it's not that it's a quick fix. Right. But just like me with my first seven experience, I came out and I knew the path. I knew what changes I needed to do in my life. And and then it was much easier because of the way that the psilocybin works in our brain. And we feel such an openness afterwards. It's much easier to implement changes. Mm. Um, but we do still need to take the step and implement the changes. If we completely brush that off, well, then we might end a year later again where we were. But most people really don't end up where they were. Like it really shifts their life. We just received a message yesterday from a retreat participant who came a year ago and she had 20 years of alcohol addiction. And she had just stopped two weeks before the retreat. Um, and she said it changed her life. Like she not once in the last year felt the craving of wanting to go to the alcohol. It was completely gone. Um, and her whole life has completely shifted since then. And she feels really happy. And so we have stories like that. And we also have stories where people need to put in a little bit more work. So they do feel a shift. But they still need to process. It also depends on our childhood 
are there any hidden traumas that we're not even aware of that might come up? So then it would be good to just continue working with the therapist afterwards and to use that openness that we receive from, from the psychedelic journey to continue doing some work afterwards with the therapist. So for us in this country, I think maybe Colorado, one state has legalized psilocybin. Oregon. Oregon. Okay, not Colorado. So Colorado is coming soon. So we don't have the ability to buy these plant medicines to work with somebody like yourself or a therapist after a retreat. Then what? After a retreat, we come back to America. If we wanted more sessions, we don't really have the opportunity to buy um, it doesn't need to be more psilocybin sessions. You know, you come to a retreat, you create that openness in your system, and then you can just continue doing other forms of therapy. You know, because you have that openness. Maybe you have received an insight of what needs to change in your life, and now you can work with a therapist or even with a coach um, to create these shifts in your life. It really depends. Usually, when we have integration days we will recommend a specific form of therapy to a specific person if they are in need of it. For some people, somatic therapy would be really, really beneficial. It's working with the body when we notice, okay, there was there was a shift there, but there's still something stuck in their body. It would be really beneficial for them to do some somatic work. For some people, um, IFS would be really amazing, which is internal family systems. It's when somebody has a really strong inner critic voice. So we would suggest to them, um, maybe try to do IFS to continue your journey. For some others, it's just like you need to get out there, maybe try some ice bathing or <laughs> like do some things that generally lift you up. Um, get into for, nature. Get into nature more, yeah. So um, for everyone, it's very specific and different. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you come to a retreat that you have to continuously doing psilocybin sessions. Okay. Like this client who, who came to a retreat last year, she has not done any kind of psilocybin session since and her life has just completely changed. And other people, a few people come back once a year. We have people that fly in from the States once a year. Um, but it's not necessary because there are other ways to continue working afterwards. That makes sense. I have one last question about um, these plants. Can you describe the difference between an LSD experience and a psilocybin because i hear them used interchangeably and i know that psilocybin is generally milder but is lsd give the same kind of experience so lsd and psilocybin are actually the two psychedelics were the most similar to each other or if you like if i would compare ayahuasca to psilocybin it would be a very different experience and lsd and psilocybin are quite similar because LSD is created in the laboratory, but also its origin is also a fungus. Mm. So Albert Hoffman, Dr. Albert Hoffman from Switzerland, he created LSD. The differences between magic mushrooms, set aside, magic truffles, and LSD is number one, LSD is much longer. It's a 12-hour journey, 10 to 12 hours. Psilocybin is four to six. And the intensity is more or less the same because it depends on it all depends on the dose. So yes, if you would if you take one grams of mushrooms and one grams of LSD, LSD is going to take you a lot further. <laughs> but if you want to have the same effect, if you want to take one gram of magic mushrooms, and I'm talking about dried grams here, then an equivalent would be more or less sixty to seventy micrograms of LSD. Mm-hmm. So. 
that would be a similar dose. Now with mushrooms, the experience will feel a lot more earthy, like the visions that you get will have more to do with nature, I would say. There are lots, and this is a generalization, it's not true for everyone, but many people report after mushrooms that they felt really connected to nature and they felt a feeling of being connected to everyone in the world and to nature and to trees, just like the mushrooms who have this network under the ground, right? So they, they kind of give you that feeling and you can really feel what that feels like. And LSD is a little bit more like flying through the universe. You're not so much on this earth. You're more like flying through the clouds into different dimensions. And um, if you've seen the movie Interstellar, maybe you get like scenes like that. And that only only if you take really high doses. But <laughs> I'm just trying to explain a little bit. Yeah, of the you're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. But then again, because these are so similar, you can also have images like flying through the universe on mushrooms or like feeling really connected to nature on LSD. Yeah, that was a great explanation. Now I want to try them all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I haven't been to Amsterdam since I was a kid. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back again and do some work with you guys. Um, That'd be great. You're welcome. Yeah, this has been great. I really appreciate your time and how well you explain everything and uh, and taking the fear out of it, really. That's what I wanted to convey to people listening. If they have any curiosity about it, you have to work with people that are skilled, reputable, make sure that they have studied because um, I I have friends who have done home parties, as they call them over here, home journeys. Um, where they're handing out all different LSD to one, mushrooms, ayahuasca, all in the same room, lots of people having different experiences, and it hasn't always been great for everyone. So I would yes. just say choose carefully. Alice's company is the real deal. As she said, you can feel safe with them. I've read a lot of testimonials from people, and you can go on the website, A Whole New High, yeah? Yes. And Instagram is the same thing, and just read, see what they post and get comfortable with them and um, send a message on Instagram. That's how I met Alex. They respond mm -hmm. and um, see if there's something that you might want to participate in. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Everybody, I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. Be well till then. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at rebelwell50, same on Twitter, Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment, let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously.